Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Grit Fitness and Performance Podcast. Per usual, I'm your host Chris Sanchez and today we are joined by O'Shane Rose, who is the newest coach at Grit Fitness and Performance. And O'Shane's been here for, what, a couple months now? Something like that? Yeah. Um, so... A lot of people have seen him in here, maybe not, or, you know, a lot of you don't know who he is. You just see a guy that's built like a superhero in the corner and you're like, oh, who's this guy? So today we're going to get to know him a little bit, find out, you know, what's his story, where he's been, his coaching philosophies, uh, just get to know him as a person. So at least you guys can, um, you know, approach him if you don't know who he is or just get to know him and find out what he's all about. So Shane, how are you doing on this disgusting New Year's Eve? Uh, after coaching all morning, I would say uh, doing well. Good, good. So um, let's get off with just the – oh, I forgot to do – if you guys enjoy the podcast, follow us, like us, all that good stuff, at Grit Fitness and Performance, get the boring stuff out of the way. Um, so let's just start off by getting to know you, I guess, you know, basic introduction. So, um, you know, where are you from? Um, you know, where did you go to school, your education? Um, what got you interested in the health and fitness, all that stuff. So take it away, O'Shane. Uh, so originally from Jamaica, moved there in 2007. Uh, I've been residing in Jersey since 2011. Uh, went to Rowan College. Um, what pretty much got me into fitness, uh, I was actually at the time just going to school for it. I uh, wasn't sure where it's going to take me. And uh, my first job, they had just opened up. I walked in there on a pass just working out. Uh, the general manager approached me at the time. We just started talking, uh, and after that conversation, it just kind of felt like that was a right uh, move to make at a time. So that's how I ended up at my first coaching job. Gotcha. And where was this first coaching job at? At Echelon Health and Fitness. Echelon. And how long were you there for? Roughly about five and a half years. So did this general manager just approach you just because and he just kind of got to know you like hey how's it going and then offered you a job no i was literally just working out with my buddy uh we're just like working out having a fun time um i was about to leave and he just like pulled me in the office and he's like hey you know i think coaching would be a good thing for you gotcha and uh i was like i don't know at first i was kind of skeptical but then we kind of started talking a little bit more and uh he he kind of convinced me that it was the right decision yeah now, have you always been into health and fitness or was this something that like started after school and high school? Like when did you first get into it? So originally started, reason why I started into fitness was um, I played soccer, was never really into like weightlifting, any stuff like that. How I actually got into fitness was because of health issues. So had some heart, um, heart problems like earlier on in my life. Um, couldn't really do any activity because of that. So the moment I was like, all right, I need to do something because I can't go back to playing sports. And that's how I got into lifting. Gotcha. So now do you, I mean, is the heart issue something that's still lingering to this day and you just keep it in check or is that kind um, of solved? The only time I've literally only, only flare up it's had since then was like earlier the, uh, this past year. And uh, I just attained that to not taking care of myself how I should. That's okay. pretty much the biggest thing I've just realized whenever I take care of myself, no issues. Gotcha. Okay. So as long as you just stay on top of things, everything's good. Now, is this like a, I mean, it's not like life threatening, is it? No, no. Okay. Well, good. That's good to hear. Um, all right. So 
was when you first um, got the job at Eshler when the general manager offered you was this prior to school after school during school um it was literally let's say in the middle of, in the middle yeah okay gotcha um and then um i, I didn't know you were uh, went to rowan i went to rowan too so fellow prof here uh i'm assuming you majored in what health and exercise science mm-hmm. gotcha um what year did you graduate so finished there in 2016 okay but i didn't go to the university I went to college okay gotcha um so wait so rowan in glassboro or glassboro. yeah uh, not the glassboro it's in uh sewell yeah Sewell. yeah that's where i went yeah so not the un there's two there's the university and then there's a the college so there's the university is the four year the college is two year oh all right well whatever i was in the same place you were any um uh what was it so how long were you at echelon for five and a half years five and a half years um and then from echelon what was the next step so next step uh, i took a sabbatical i was doing you know just like learning a lot of stuff taking some courses and then i ended up at lifetime which i was there for about 10 11 months mm-hmm. before transitioning here gotcha um so what made you leave echelon to go i guess take a sabbatical into lifetime was it just didn't like the environment or just needed um, a change? I, I feel like I just needed a change in terms of uh, where I wanted to go um, career-wise. Okay, gotcha. Um, and I guess what was the clientele that you were working with at Echelon? Was it just whoever um, paid you money? I mean, pretty much I work with just like the general pop. I do. I, I work with a few athletes, but for the most part, it was just like the general population. Okay, gotcha. Um, and then when you went to Lifetime, I assume it was more or less – the same kind of like general populations and whatnot. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so I guess what were, what were some of the things that you, I guess, liked about Echelon or I guess, was there anything that you were able to take away from it in terms of, you know, lessons about how to train people or, uh, how to handle your business or just like life in general? Like, um, what so, was your biggest takeaways? So biggest takeaway was, uh, like why I was convinced to like even, take the job in the first place was who they were associated with um, tr- through training, which was Mike Boyle. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did my research on who he was, because I didn't know who he was at the time, it just kind of opened my eyes like, wow, this could be something that could really help me grow. Uh, so it's like with that structure and learning from him, I think that really helps me to like how to coach and like why to coach. Yes. Yeah, Mike Boyle. For all, for those of you who are not aware of who Mike Boyle is, he is like one of the biggest names in strength and conditioning slash health and fitness. So like a lot of the the bigger names like in the industry basically learn from Mike Boyle. He's worked with the Red Sox and he's worked with um, you know national level hockey teams and um, you know he's got World Series rings and all sorts of accolades and whatnot. And he's very well respected. So that was one of the things that when you approached us and sent us the email, we kind of got to know you a little bit. That was one of the things that I liked and I know Matt probably felt the same way is that you kind of had the same 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 school of thought in terms of like how you approach training and how you're working with these clients um and it was one of the things that i immediately liked about you um because i know you know working at a place like lifetime which i worked at too O'Shane and i worked at the same exact lifetime um there was i don't how many coaches were there when you were there how many trainers like 30 something like that 
I'd say when I got there, probably like 12, then you brought them probably down to five. So like when I, before I left, probably like 17, 18. Okay. Yeah. So Lifetime, if you're not familiar or if you're not from the area and you're listening to this podcast, Lifetime is a very, um, very big kind of like commercial setting where there's thousands of members and there's tons of trainers. Um, and the, the one thing that I noticed about Lifetime was that, um, you know, I have nothing bad to say about the people that I worked with, but you know, the varying, the varying, I guess, degrees of experience and how trainers approached training their clients was very, very wide. So like you had some people, it was their first training job. And then you had other people who had been doing it for a long time. So we, you know, when Matt and I heard that O'Shane had, you know, come from this school of thought of working with Mike Boyle and kind of approaching training the same way, obviously things kind of clicked right away and we, you know, kind of liked him right off the bat. Um, so you're at lifetime for what? A little less than a year, you said? Yeah. So from there, what made you, I'm assuming some of this was COVID related, right? Like it was probably impacting business a little bit. Like what year would you, were you at lifetime? Um, this year, this like year. This, yeah. So were, was there still like, was, was there lingering effects of COVID in terms of like affecting how many clients you were getting? No, I truly left Lifetime with a full book. Um, okay. But, you know, I was there and I knew that it wasn't like going to be long term. It was always going to be short term because like my my goal was like what I was looking into at first was opening up my own spot. But, you know, I also know like their experience probably would be better to open with other people from experience because then, you know, more people doing the same and pushing the same direction, you can accomplish better things. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's, I mean, obviously like Matt and I started this place, but like we were in the same boat two and a half years ago and we kind of, we were put in a position where it was kind of like it's now or never. Um, and I don't want to say we were forced out of the last place we were at, but it kind of ended not on the best terms. So we were just left with like a month to decide like, all right, we got to find a place and we got to do this and whatnot. But, um, I can totally relate to you saying like needing to do it with other people. Cause it's a lot easier and no one really ever gets to high levels of success, like just on their own. So again, one of the reasons why we kind of were uh, not a, attracted, that's not the word I'm looking for, but one of the reasons we like to use, cause a lot of the things that you are thinking about are the same things that Matt and I think about from a business level, from a personal training level, and just from how to approach life type of deal and how to get from point A to point B and the steps needed to take to get there. So, um, so that's pretty, pretty cool. So, um, obviously in terms of like your training style and how you're working with clients, um, you know, Matt and I kind of agree with everything that you're doing, but let's assume I don't know you. Um, what is your overall training philosophy when it comes to clients and getting them results? So if a, you know, so, brand new client walks into you, so, how are you getting them results? So biggest thing of like how I came to this philosophy and why I train the way I train prior to like start coaching. I mean, I was in very good shape. I started my new, like at Echelon Health and Fitness in, I believe it was probably like two or three weeks in, we had to go to a performance, uh, Perform Better Summit. Yeah. And I've never been to a summit before. Didn't really know what to expect. So I get there, and I remember I go in my first lecture. And after like five minutes, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, wow, 
I do not know shit. <laughs> like, I remember, like, just sitting there and, like, self-realization hits me. And I'm like, wow. And I was like, hmm. Seems like I have a lot of work to do. Yeah. So, I mean, I really enjoyed the first experience. It was, to say, like, it just, like, opened my eyes to, like, what the possibility of training can be and should be. It was, like, an understatement. So, from there, I came... I remember, like, on my way back, we drove, we drove up there on my way back. I already had, like, a game plan when I came back. So, like, my schedule at the time, I was working 12 to 9. And we had, like, you know, through, like, well, they gave us, like, the whole program for the year. So, we pretty much know what the program is. So, what I decided to do was, on my outfires, I would go through the program over and over until I drill it in mm-hmm. and understand, like, the big why behind we do what we do and how yeah and it just you know i did that for about 18 months like religiously like just learning and that's kind of like been my philosophy of like coaching it's like why it's a reason there has to be a purpose of why you do what you do yes absolutely so that's kind of like why that's always been my approach and uh, i mean it's it's brought myself success um all the clients I've worked with, it's brought them success. If they could see like how they're progressing. Yeah, definitely. And that was one of the things that well, it still annoys me to this day about just like this industry in general is I feel like a lot of trainers don't have a why. They just throw shit to a wall and see if it sticks. And if it does, cool. But if not, you know, like I like me personally, I love it when clients ask me like, why are we doing something? Cause then I can explain like, well, you know, you're doing it for this reason to accomplish this goal, which will help you get to where you want to get to. And it was one of the things, um, at my prior job experiences that a lot of coaches and trainers couldn't answer that question. And it was just like, all right, well, you know, if you kind of want to be one of the better coaches in this field, you kind of have to surround yourself with people who are able to answer those questions. Um, So like hearing you say that like makes me happy just for this field in general, because I think we need more coaches like you who are able to do that and who prioritize that. Um, So it's just really refreshing to hear you say that. Um, So has there been anything, I guess, in your I mean, you kind of already touched on this based off of the uh, perform better where you said you you went there and you didn't you you basically didn't know anything and it was like you know refreshing and kind of eye opening. Um, but were there any experiences um, from echelon to lifetime to now where it was kind of eye opening or any failures that you learned like any big lessons from? Um, I mean, I would say I mean yes, there's been a quite a few i think some of the biggest things i've learned is like one is like retention like client retention of understanding it's even though getting results is the ultimate priority training is more or less about building a relationship oh yeah and i think that's one of the things that it took me a while to understand right but you know like once i that painted job it was like oh this is what it's about right and you understand like when you i think when you understand that the results come a lot easier because people trust you more yeah absolutely and that was one of the things that i think i learned early on too is i was very much like a like a a science guy and i was very much like learning why you do this why you do that 
um, but I wasn't so much like a personal like. So I, to me, there's a science and an art to training. And the science, I thought I had down. Like, I know why we're doing it. Here's why you do it. Here's how it gets the goal. But the art, I feel like learning how to work with different personalities and making sure the sessions sessions are enjoyable. So I, I never, like, I remember working at jobs like prior to Lifetime and at Lifetime where I would see trainers who were busier than I was. And I knew for a fact those trainers were dumber than I was. And I was it, was it was pissing me off. But then I realized that those trainers were very personable and they really cared about their clients. Not that I didn't care about their clients, but I guess I didn't express it in a way that sure. they, I guess, knew. And it wasn't as evident and whatnot. But you're 100% right that this business is totally based on relationships. And I love the saying, no one knows or no one cares how much you know until they know how much you care because it really is true. Like once you start to take an interest in people's lives and you know their spouse's name and you know their kid's name and you know their birthdays and you really start to care about like why they're doing this and it's not just about exercising, it's because they're working out because you know they need to increase their confidence because of like whatever it may be. But um, yeah, 100,000%, totally agree with you um, in that regard. So that's, that's um, good to hear. Um, so I guess, I guess we'll go current goals and maybe any previous goals or future. Is there anything that you're working towards right now? Maybe personally, um, professionally, business wise, performance wise, what are some of your goals that you want to hit? I guess in the next year, cause it's going to be January 1st tomorrow. Well, I think first and foremost, uh, one of my goals was to actually transition out of lifetime mm -hmm. into a smaller setting where it's more personal, which I think I've accomplished that. I would agree. So uh, I think the goal now is to establish with you guys, because I think, you know, we kind of have, I like being around people with the same mindset who understands like the bigger picture. Right. So I think like that's a goal that I want to work towards. And it's about also want to be able to, I think I've created a, great community with my clients mm -hmm. but like one of the goals i want to do is i want to create that better and see like how i can make that better right yeah and i think you've done a really good job of that too so like honestly i don't know all of your clients yet but i see the way that they interact with each other when they're training with each other and with you and it's very clear that you guys have all kind of established like a tight-knit i'll say family because i mean this is like a second home away from home for a lot of people. Um, so I think you've done a real nice job of that. So if you only continue to improve off of that and I mean, like just continue what you're doing, but just on a larger scale, I, I have full confidence in you that you'll definitely be able to do that. Um, and then obviously we'll do everything. Matt and I will do everything we can to, you know, help that flourish, um, for the most part. Um, anything else? You got any personal goals? You got any training goals? I mean, I know you're talking about your new squat shoes and whatnot. Anything along those lines? Yeah, I mean, like I train. Uh, so I train typically for like myself. I like to train, train four days a week. Uh, typically, I'll do like yoga like once or twice a week to supplement that. Um, but like the biggest things I want to get back into is learn, like go into more summits. Mm -hmm. I, I know those have been canceled like the past year or two yeah. years, so that's, it's been tough, but – that is something that I definitely want to do a lot more of in yeah. 2022. You know, hopefully, 
you can get like a lot of restrictions lifted. Hopefully. Yeah, I know. It's um I actually I I really enjoy going to the Perform Better Summit in Providence. Like I I always looked forward to that at the end of June, end of August or whatever it was, and now it's been canceled for what, 2 years, probably going on 3 if things keep escalating right. the way they have been. And it's just it's really not the same like Zoom. So like I've done conferences via Zoom and it's just it's really not the same. Right. And it's just like it's not as immersive. It's not as personal. It's not as fun. Like sitting at your computer for so long, and now I'm just complaining and griping just because you know the past two and a half years have sucked for everyone. But I'm also looking forward to getting back into that um, as well. Um, any, um, I don't know. Are you looking into any sort of like certifications? Is that a goal of yours or? Yeah. So, um, like, I'm looking into uh, like functional range of motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done a little bit of that. Um, actually want to get like fully certified in that area yeah um, i think that will only add a lot more to my game in terms of what i can deliver to clients yeah definitely 100 percent um yeah we're i like i um matt and i both have our cscs um but i know mike boyle he said something that initially i thought was dumb but now i kind of agree with it is he he basically said like certifications just basically prove you're not an idiot which is like is totally true but like no one's ever asked what the CSCS after my name stands for, um, so I feel like as long as you as the trainer are doing a good job of staying current and making sure you stay learning, that you know the letters after your name are good. You know they they do they prove you're not an idiot, but you don't necessarily I guess need them. I, I think Mike Boyle said he's the smartest dumb guy on the planet because he doesn't have any certifications. Like he doesn't have any, but he's also one of the most well-respected people in the planet. Not to mention, I think the NSCA, there is a bunch of criminals and they just rob you of your money. So I think Matt and I are kind of on the same page that as long as we keep learning, keep attending conferences, keep watching our uh, webinars, reading, staying current, that um, we might... Um, Maybe not renew it this year because it's expensive too. It costs like several hundred dollars like every two years. But anyway, I digress. Um, so the next question I want to ask you was not planned, but I heard you talking about it with Matt today. Um, what are your favorite books? Um, so I like to read a lot of like inspirational books. Uh-huh. So like uh, I've read like Raising Your Game probably like three or four times. Yeah, heard you talking about that this morning. Um, I'm re- reading uh, Wim Hof at the, currently at the moment. So it just depends on, like, uh, what I'm in the mood for. Uh, but for the most part, I try to get through at least one or two Audible. In a okay. Month. So what are you listening uh, to right now? Uh, Wim Hof. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So that's what I'm currently on right now. How do you like it? Uh, I really like it. I think it's uh, he's a really extreme. But uh, yeah, I'll say. I think I could see the reason, like, the why behind it. Yeah. So he's big. In, I don't know a ton about him. He's, like, more like cold exposure like that's his big thing right and like learning how to breathe and kind of like control it and he's like sitting i've read some books uh with bit of breathing like how breathing affects the body and like stuff like that and so it's like always like for me it's interesting because it's you don't realize like how much that affects just your daily life yeah like sleep your mood yeah stuff like that have you um have you read a book i believe it's called breath by james nestor I've definitely read that yeah, one. That w- I, I read that book and I loved it. And it was basically like kind of like what O'Shane just said, like how breathing is like so important, how it impacts literally every aspect of your life. And this book was about literally 
breathing and he did like experiments about how he only mouth breathed so like breathed through his mouth for like a month straight and he said his blood pressure rose he started sleeping worse and his health just went straight down the shitter all because he started breathing through his mouth and then he reversed it started nasal breathing through his nose and he said it completely reversed and went back so like for all of you listening out there I would encourage you to do like a little bit of an experiment and just try mouth breathing for like two days and see how you feel and then switch it over nasal breathing. And I bet you it makes a huge, huge difference. Matter of fact, I've started to like try to only breathe through my nose. Like when I'm like pushing myself when I'm lifting, like all that stuff. And I, I really do feel a lot different. So one of the biggest things, uh, after reading a few of his books, just to touch on that point, I didn't realize like how much that was affecting my sleep. So, one of the it's really extreme but uh they they talk about like techniques where you can basically like tape your mat up so it forces yeah. you to constantly just breathe through your na- nasal mm-hmm. and literally i'd say the first few nights were like the probably the hardest in terms of adjusting but after that i never slept better yeah like the amount of hours that i used to sleep completely reduced i used to feel like i sleep eight to nine hours and I'm get up i'm tired yeah literally i only sleep like five and energy level is like through the roof right so for those of you who are maybe not aware with this technique it's literally a technique where you do you use a special kind of tape i know they recommend like like 3m or so like i i don't know or is it just normal just use like the athletic tape right so you literally tape your mouth shut at night so it forces you to breathe through your nose and if you're not used to doing that it can be like really uncomfortable like you said the first two nights were like oh it was it was very uncomfortable like i woke up a few times like almost out of breath yeah um but like once you kind of develop that pattern you learn how to breathe through the nose and you know you're making your diaphragm do all the work like it it's super beneficial i've never done it uh i'd be curious to see how it is um but i don't sleep anyway just because i have children um so it wouldn't matter if i taped my mouth shut because i wouldn't sleep anyway um but anyway i thought that was a, a fantastic read um have you ever um gifted any books to clients just because you thought they were that good um or recommended any books so we did um I can't remember the top book off the top of my head it's uh with new zealand um oh um is it called legacy legacy yeah there legacy with the yeah. all blacks in new zealand all blacks, right? yeah so that was one book um i recommended to all clients yes i think um that is a book about accountability that literally can change your life yeah i would agree i thought that was a great read i thought it was good i think eric cressy recommended it first and i looked it up and i read it um and i won't dive into the details about what the book is i'll just let you guys go read it if you're interested but like o'shane said it's a great book for accountability um sweep the sheds i think that was one of their main point but i'll let you guys it was a fantastic read um what about like any fiction? Are you into like any nerdy stuff like Matt with his trolls and witches or whatever? Or is it strictly just kind of like... Uh, sometimes I, I, I'm more into like mystery. So sometimes if I've, I'm in the mood, I might read some mystery. Okay, gotcha. Um, all right. So up to this point, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about um, with regards to... Who you are, how you train, how you got here, anything like that? Um, I mean, for the most part, uh, I try to stick with a, I guess, a rigged schedule. Anyone does know me, typically, I only sleep 
five to six hours a night if if so typically i'm up every day pretty much by four yikes man and you feel like you can function on five to six hours uh actually if i sleep past four o'clock i feel like i'm dragging all day really see i'm i'm the exact if i don't get if i get anything less than six hours of sleep i want to stab someone so like I was actually terrified that I wasn't going to sleep like good last night and I'd be a zombie for this interview. But luckily, my kids kind of cooperated a little bit. Um, all right. So here's what I like to do every time I have someone on the podcast. So after we've done like all the health questions and whatnot, I like to kind of veer off the beaten path a little bit and just ask just stupid fun questions just to kind of get you get to know you as like a person or whatnot. So on my list, on my phone, I have a list of 200 questions. I've never read them before. I'm literally going to pick them at random and uh, we'll just have a little bit of fun with them. So uh, the first one is actually kind of piggybacking off of what we've been talking about. So you said you only get five to six hours of sleep per night. If you didn't have to sleep, what would you do with all the extra time? I didn't have to sleep. I'd probably go hiking. Hiking. So, I, I, I where's the best place that you've been hiking up to this point in your life? Um, I'd say definitely in Jamaica. In ja oh, yeah, forgot from Jamaica. Yeah, that's right. Um, I've never been hiking. Actually, I've only been to Jamaica one time, and it was on a cruise. And I didn't even see like Jamaica, Jamaica. I saw like royal caribbean's version of jamaica and they actually warned us they were like if you're actually going to go into jamaica they're like don't wear fancy clothes they're like don't travel alone if you're a woman so i didn't I, I mean you know i didn't i didn't have any plans to go out into jamaica or whatnot but i think it would be cool to go hiking in there the best hiking i've ever been to believe it or not was in las vegas uh, like i you would have never thought like going to las vegas that like, there would be like mountains and shit out there but it was actually like very scenic and whatnot. So if you ever go to Las Vegas, bring some good shoes. There's some good hiking out there. Um, all right, let's see. Um, let's pick a completely random. What TV shows are you into? Do you watch TV, movies? Uh, if I am, um, I'm into. I mean, I am into a lot of fiction. Yeah. I mean, it is fun. So. Of course it is. Uh, so what's your like? What's your favorite show right now? Like right now? Yeah. Or of uh, all time. All right. So if I'm going right now, I just started watching. I think The Witcher Two just came out. Like, okay. Uh, season Two just came out, so I was gonna watch that. And then uh, what about all I time? I think I was. I watch a lot of The Walking Dead as well, so I was like, yeah. See, The Walking Dead for me, it started off good, like the first did, three but seasons. Then, but then it, like, to me, it became less about zombies and more about like. I agree. Like other stuff. And then I started to like lose interest. I thought the first season was great, though. I thought it was. I was going to finish that since it's the last season. I think it's the last season. Yeah. You ever see, um, me personally, I think Breaking Bad is the greatest show of all time. Breaking Bad is fantastic. Show. Yes. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Um, all right, let's see. What's the best compliment you've ever received? Best compliment. Um, so when I just started, uh, I, this is one of the biggest moments in terms of like, my coaching compliment was uh, I had a client when I just started I used to have to work with her one on one she couldn't walk like 
I've never had another client with that much issue. She had like three or four hip replacements. Like, uh, if, I, if I remember on top of my head, she had like two or three ankle surgeries. So she had like screws in both ankles so they can't move. Three or four shoulder surgery, three or four back surgery. So like, it was like a lot of issues. Um, and like, I remember she was saying her biggest issue was, you know, like her biggest goal was she had a grandkid who wanted to be born and she wanted to be able to hold that grandkid. Yeah. So after working with her for a year, um, you know, grandkid came and uh, she was able to like hold him. So just to get a letter from her and her family, like thanking for yeah. you know, her to experience that, that was like a very touching moment. Yeah. Moments like that are like awesome like it's a it's a nice reminder of like why we actually do what we do like i had a client send me a text message the other day and he said that i had been one of the most positive influences on his life it was either like the past two years or up to this point didn't matter it was like still really cool because like i don't think of myself as like that great of a person so like when someone tells you that you've had that big of an impact on your life based off of what you're doing for work you're like i like that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? Um, all right. Let's see. Let's go one more question. Um, <laughs> do you have any weird quirks about you? Hmm. I'd say I eat barbecue sauce with everything. 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 So what's the weirdest thing that you've put barbecue sauce on that you've actually enjoyed? <laughs> hmm. Weirdest thing I've put it on. I do put in a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> like do you put it on like like dessert type foods or is it like strictly? I have put it on dessert. Oh, like what? <laughs> like cake? I've tried it. That didn't come <laughs> off with it so well. I, well, I'm a very curious person. So when it comes to like food, a lot of people would, would say – uh when I tell, when it comes to like dessert or stuff like that, or like what I consider tastes good, yeah, a lot of people look at me and be like, "Hmm, would not expect that from me." But I like to try everything, so I would just randomly sometimes go to the store. Yeah, I would just see something, buy it just for the curiosity of trying. So, like, are you into like, do you enjoy trying like different types of barbecue sauces, like hickory, mesquite, like all that yep, type I've, of stuff? I've had them all. <laughs> <laughs> all right i mean i can respect that because actually for christmas my wife gave me it was called a fuego box and it's basically just like different variants of hot sauce and like some are really hot some are really flavorful and it was probably my favorite present that i got this year just because it's like i just i just really like hot sauce so just put it on i've never put it on desserts though that's that's a little uh, <laughs> too well, weird sometimes you just you just try you never <laughs> the way i look at food is like you can go wrong, you can go right, but it's like you're just trying for the sake of trying. If it comes off, great. If it doesn't, then it doesn't. I can respect that because I, I like trying – I'll try anything once just because you're right. You right. never know um, if you're going to like it. So like I've eaten kangaroo, shark, ostrich just because I saw it on the menu and I'm like, I'm never going to have this opportunity to do it again. And a lot of times it's really not that – bad you know what i mean like there are foods that i like i'd love to try an ostrich egg just because it's massive and i think it's equivalent to like 24 eggs in one um yep. but i think that would be 
So, like, what's the weirdest thing you've ever eaten, then? Weirdest thing I've ever eaten? Yeah. Is it a long list? (laughs) I would say crocodile, probably. Crocodile? Yeah, probably. So, now, how was it prepared? Was it just, like, grilled? Was it, like, a meatball? I think it was just grilled. I wasn't a big fan of it, but... No? Tough, I imagine? Yeah. A little bit? Yeah. Uh, I've never had crocodile. I would definitely try it. Um, But, uh, yeah, crocodile is not... I think I've had alligator once. I think I had alligator meatballs. But they were, like, deep fried. So, like, it tasted like a deep fried anything that was meat. But it was, you know, whatever. Just to say I had it. Um, All right. So, is there anything that you want to touch on or... Anything that we haven't touched on that you think people should know about you just to get to know you better? Or did we pretty much cover everything? Uh, I mean, I think for the most part, we covered um, most of the basis. Uh, I mean, there's always a lot of interest in stuff. So if uh, I like to be competitive, you know, in a fun way, mm-hmm. just, just just me, I think it just brings out, you know, the fun. Yeah. Everything. I like to have fun with everything we do. Yeah. I mean, it's – you have to, right? Because otherwise life would just be rigid and boring. Like people – it always cracks me up when I see like health and fitness professionals who talk about like they don't eat for pleasure. They eat just because like it's what their body needs. I'm just like you must – you like – Nah, I don't live that. Like, you can see, like, this whole... <laughs> oh, Shane, I know you don't eat just because... Like, I mean, well, I, I'm... I am I live by the 90-10 rule. You know, 90% of the times I'm doing what I'm doing, but, like, this morning I'm like, you know what? We have a whole <laughs> carton of, uh, I think it was coconut with chocolate bar. And yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to eat that for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. That's so, just how I am. Just, just for a little more, I guess, context to the situation, so... Uh, one of O'Shane's client brought in, there had to have been like, what, at least 15 of those like coconut fudge bars in there or whatnot. Yeah. Um, there was, I think, 12 left uh, at 7 a.m. this morning. By 7.15, every single one of them was gone. And Matt didn't need any. I didn't need any. O'Shane housed the whole thing by himself. And it was quite impressive. I mean, that had to have been several hundred calories. Were I mean, were they good at least? <laughs> they were good. They were good. They were good. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I just don't understand people that like say they don't ever indulge because it's not like what their body needs. Like that's just boring. Like why that would you ever want to live? It, you know, the biggest thing. Well, another thing I will say is uh, a lot of people don't realize this is your body actually needs crap at time to time. Yeah. Because a lot of times, a lot of people say, oh, I'm not losing weight. But then you look, you're like, what are you eating? A lot of times, your body's under stress from trying to eat too much good stuff, if yeah. you actually don't realize that. So a lot of times, your body actually do need these stuff. And because you're, I mean, you got to remember, like, there's elements. You got to go to go to work. You have stress from all. Like, sometimes your body, just show your body yeah. love. Yeah. I mean, I, I encourage a lot of my clients, if not all of them, to indulge like at least once a week, just from like a mental perspective of like not having to worry about like, oh my God, did I hit my macros or is this organic? Like Saturday night, who cares? Like go eat whatever you want. It'll feel good. You'll wake up ready to attack Sunday, like from a nutrition standpoint, just cause you, you know, relaxed a little bit. It's like, it's essentially like giving your body 
like a from a workout perspective, like a day off. Like you can't lift hard Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like give yourself a day off, a little bit of a break. A little a cheeseburger every now and then won't kill you. No, 12 coconut bars, if you're ashamed, won't kill you. I probably wouldn't recommend that you guys eat 12 coconut bars in a single sitting. But um, yeah, I, I can't wait for tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to eat tomorrow, but I plan on indulging some way, somehow, for sure. Well, so, all right, so what's your biggest indulgence then? What's your death row meal? Uh, I think that varies. Uh, depends on what I like to feel. So uh, I have a really well, I mean, death row, you can tooth. get whatever you want. Sweet, so sweet tooth is, uh, I do have a big sweet tooth, so it depends on what I feel. Yeah. It's so, like one of the traditions that I always go through uh, for the past five, six years. I think it's like five or six years. Every birthday, I have to eat full cake. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like that tradition. <laughs> so what's your go-to cake? Are you a chocolate chocolate guy? I'm actually, every birthday i've actually got a different one so like nice. the, uh, this year i had like a, i think it was like a peanut butter and chocolate nice last year i think it was a carrot cake i mean you can't go there's no such thing as a bad cake you know that's true it's like <laughs> yeah um yeah my mom makes a pistachio cake which the first time she made it i was like this is disgusting like i don't want to touch this and then i ate it it was the best <laughs> thing hands down it's fantastic if she ever makes it i'll bring you a piece <laughs> um all right, so um, I guess if people want to know more about you, is there some place where they can find you online, social media? Yeah, I mean, I'm on uh, Facebook, Instagram. What's your handle? Tell all the listeners. Do you know it off the top of your head? Um, I mean, my Facebook is just my my full name. Well, there you go. O'Shane Rose, if you want to know more about him. Facebook. I you believe can... you could type same, and you should be able to find Instagram. There you go. Perfect. Um, O'Shane, anything to add before we wrap this up? Uh, I think we've covered my, pretty much all the bases. Beautiful. Yeah, so if you guys are obviously clients or members here and you see O'Shane and you have never spoken to him before, feel free to introduce yourself. He's a very friendly guy. He uh, won't bite, um, get to know him, become his friend, and then uh, go from there. Everyone becomes big, uh, create more of that kind of familial kind of culture and community going on here so uh o'shane thanks for doing this and um i'm sure you'll probably be on another episode at some point down the line um i don't know when because i don't plan these out but uh yeah thanks for coming and then um remember if you guys enjoyed the podcast share it with your friends your family uh leave a like review if you can on whatever platform you're listening to and until then we will see you guys on the next episode all right thanks for having me